Hey movie fans, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talks, Anatomy of a Movie, where today we will break down hidden figures. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Hello, movie fans. Again, this is Dimitri Panos of the Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. Very happy to be back. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, I haven't seen you a little bit. Happy New Year and uh, welcome back to my awesome co-host Marissa Serafini. How are you? Dimitri. Welcome. Welcome. Yes, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, we both have the timber and our voices of congestion. Yes. Thank you, Winter. Yeah. Thank you, winter. winter. Yeah, you had a good trip. Good holidays. I did. Yeah, it was awesomeness. A great holiday with the family. Fantastic. We watched a bunch of movies. That's awesome. all it was. I didn't movies. actually get get out to the movies all that often while I was at home. Mm. But I, I was I, at home watching movies. Yeah, but uh, uh, since coming back, I've seen a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to be back again together with you. Uh, and today we're going to talk about. Uh, this fantastic movie uh, called Hidden Figures. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, as we always open up, uh, uh, we always talk about opinion, but this is a movie. This is an untold story uh, about in the very early years of NASA. It's almost like the other side of the right stuff uh, where we see some behind the scenes. But it's a true story about how these women, these African-American women, yeah. pave the way for our astronauts. To, to, to go up into space. So uh, so what, what were your thoughts on this movie? You know, I really enjoyed this movie. When I walked out of the theater, it just left me with such a good feeling and a smile on my face. And as you know, with our past previous, you know, sh- shows that we've done here for Anatomy, like I always appreciate stories that haven't been told yet and mm-hmm. then finding them in movies. And it's like, you know what? I could take more stories like this. We, we need to tell more stories like this about oh, God bless women you. No paving the way, yeah, and and so there was like just so many elements in this film that they hit right, and I think this movie came out in a good time of Hollywood because I feel like Hollywood is on is slowly getting to the right side of history, like the progression and acceptance of women and equality and heck even gender and 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 racism. And I think this film covered all that very tastefully. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh-huh. And it wasn't in a really negative way, but it just showed you what it was like back in the 60s and, like, just how far we've progressed in the world mm-hmm. since. Yeah. And I think this film did a great job showing that. Yeah, I mean, this is the movie that I was hoping for of all of 2016. I, I mean, we've had some great movies. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, Uh uh, but up until I saw this movie, like my, my, my best movie, if I was doing a top 10, my best movie at the time was Manchester by the Sea. Very fantastic movie, but very heavy. And Depressing. we're in the year of heavy movies. Yeah. I mean, it's just and, and it's been such a year of uncertainty, just the state of the way things are. And God, I was just like, when I saw this movie, I actually felt good about myself. And we'll talk about it. I want to know what happened to the feel-good movie. This movie was fantastic. Um, it is. It is my best movie of 2016. Uh, and it's a movie about hope, as you said. It's about fortitude. It's about overcoming the odds. Uh, achievement, 
and it's about true heroes, um, which I love. Uh, and, it, and it's in a time period, too, I love as well. And it deals with NASA and all that. You know, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, the right stuff. And this is, like, the other side of that, as I said. And it's anchored by some amazing, excellent performances um, all around. Solid storytelling. It never crosses the line. For me, it never crossed the line into schmaltz. Like, mm-hmm. you were saying, I think emotionally it deserves... It, on every beat, it deserved whatever emotion and applause that 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 it happened. Now I don't know about you, uh, it will, like when I saw this movie, there were at least four times throughout the film in which the audience that I was sitting with just broke into applause. Mm. Can't remember the last time that happened in a movie, uh, and we could talk about certain scenes in which that happened. I don't. How was it for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I. I watched it with a good audience. There were moments when certain lines were delivered and people were, like, hollering and whooping, you know, here and there. And um, I I think it was just well-received on a lot of different levels. A lot of people watched it, and I went with a very diverse group. Mm -hmm. Um, There were young people and older people who probably witnessed, you know, the whole launch back in the 60s. And Mm. so, like, uh, it covers the different demographics, and I think anyone can appreciate this film. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, like I said, I can't remember the last time I felt, or I left a movie feeling good. Mm. (laughs) Like, feeling like, wow, I just, not only did I see a really good movie, like, again, I'll just say Manchester by the Sea, a really good movie. But I don't feel like, I don't feel like... Huh. Your day you is know, ruined. Yeah, yeah I gotta movie. go. Yeah, I, I, I have to like chill. This movie I felt really great. Uh, so thank you, Hidden Figures. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get right into uh, this, like, because you talked about the 60s. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's a part of what makes this movie special as well, because the 60s, there was a lot of, there was turmoil happening, but there was this space race going on. And if anything galvanized a country, like the space race, was the 60s. And people paid attention. And it wasn't, ne- it wasn't necessarily just because of the competition between U.S. and Russia, which is really deeply rooted and seeded. Mm-hmm. But it was about this optimism, this we're going to go into space. We're, we're going to explore the unknown. You know, and believe it or not, it was this era, this is where the seeds of Star Trek were planted, of, uh, of going out and this exploring. And watching this movie, you get that sense. They nailed it. You know, you felt that optimism. And even though there was turmoil, there's turmoil for these women, you know, there was that fight. It took place in Atlanta. You know, mm-hmm. it was... The early stages of NASA and what they had to go through just to get to work, even you know, it you, you nailed it on the head when you said it just blended everything perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I I think the the cool thing about it because like uh, I wasn't born or like wasn't around this time when the story happened, so I, like I personally don't know what it was like, but I have like the concept of what that environment was like. And yes, being in Georgia, so that's a very, you know, and the whole segregation storyline going on and just like that everyday common issue that they also had to fight, let alone try to progress in just technology, but they're trying to progress in cultural society. Um, I think there there were two different races, uh, Mm -hmm. different types of races going on, the space race and then the actual 
culture race going right. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two different looks at races. And uh, so, you know, it, and it's very interesting because uh, Catherine C. Johnson, uh, played by, uh, I believe, Vi- Vi- um, no, um, Vile. Uh, no, no, no. no, that's Fences. <laughs> um, Taraji P. Henson, who was fantastic. Uh, the person in which she was playing, Catherine uh, uh, C. Johnson, she's quoted as saying, you know, I was just solving problems that needed to be solved. And she was just doing this. She knew that how important this was. The people themselves, and I think this is what makes this movie special, too, is these people strive to be where they were. But, you know, they were doing their job. They love to do their job. It wasn't, you know, they had their families or whatever to take care of and be a part of. But there was no hubris involved in their smarts. And we were talking about here three extremely smart women, African-American women, uh, making their way. And I love that quote. I was just solving problems that needed to be solved. And, you know, facing challenges, you know, what she advises people today, because she's still with us today, mm-hmm. um, you know, stick with it. No matter what the problem, it can be solved. A woman can solve it. And a man can, too, if you give him a lot of time, she says. <laughs> I love that quote. But I just love her continued optimism. Uh, You know, it can be solved. And uh, you're right. You know, and and Theodore Melfi, who's the director, uh, he did that uh, movie uh, St. Vincent. Yes, he did. And we talked about that. We talked about how good a movie that was. And I think he one-ups himself in this movie. Oh, definitely, for sure. Um, I, I think the great thing about this particular story is that these three women, they're all very bright, intelligent, and um, alpha females, you know, like you, when you put three strong females together, you know, sometimes they can clash. But never once did I thought they overpower each other in that way. And they, they were actually good friends. And that's what I also enjoyed because they were both, they were all progressing at the same time. Uh-huh. And the thing about it is like they were so humble back then. And in their just character and personality wise, like they didn't ask for to for like certain things to happen to them opportunities were presented to them and that's how they advanced and that's what i enjoyed and, and they had to but the, yet they they were still thrown hurdles in yeah, their way to advance whether you know because of race um and everything but you're but you're right first like a little bit of history too they were part of uh they were, they were basically called human computers and they were their own in the computations yeah and they were in their own segregated but they were there because that's what NASA needed. They yeah. needed human computers. Uh, their own segregated wing. Right, yeah. their own the wing. The West Wing, you know. Um, yeah. And they were called upon, they're almost like temps, in a sense. No if way, a problem yeah. needed to be solved, and they had, and everybody else was working, they went to this, this pool and said, hey, we need somebody in this department to figure, help figure this out and, what, and whatnot. And they were, they were given... Um, you know, every day it seemed like they were assigned to a different department if mm-hmm. it wasn't for, like, you know, temporarily. It's like you didn't know what your job was going to be for exactly. that day. Which, which is fascinating to me because, again, that was something that that was a side of NASA that I didn't know about. I didn't mm-hmm. know about that they had. And this is before. This is the other great thing, too. This is right on the eve of IBM. Uh, uh, coming into play and uh, you know for you NASA folks uh, who you know IBM ends up playing a major part uh, throughout NASA history and computations but it was always the human element that they had to rely on just as they were trying to become accustomed with IBM and I found that that was purely fascinating and that 
they were a pool of brilliant women, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I loved that. And in the context that it, they were called NACA, it wasn't even NASA at the time. It was in that that mm-hmm. before they were going to change on over. What I liked about, oh, real quickly before you move on, what no, no, I liked no. about the IBM is that it shows that, yeah, it was a revolutionary technology oh, sure. that can r- legitimately propel NASA into space, but it still showed that humans were smarter than computers at the time. Humans were still smarter than technology at the time. And um, every, it took a human to set mm-hmm. up the IBM system. It took a human to fix the problem that IBM caused, you know, um, yeah. I really enjoyed it to show that it's like, yeah, we have technology that can help advance us, but still humans can, you know, win over them. Yeah. And one of the nation's greatest heroes who recently passed, John Glenn. John Glenn. Right. Just this uh, past. Yeah. Within month. the past month, yeah. month, month and a half, you know, he too relied on the human condition. He specifically asked for, for, her, for her, for Johnson's computations, which, at the, you know, we'll talk about certain scenes and whatnot. So, um, also, this, this um, uh, Hidden Figures, the movie, is based off of a book by the same name um, by um, uh, uh, Margot Lee Shetterly. Uh, she's the author, and her father actually worked at NASA, mm-hmm. which I find very fascinating. So she's sort of kind of in that world. Yeah. Um, and... It was based on oral interviews, extensive research, and archival information uh, of the how women of the West computing met challenges. Um, and, you know, this is a story that she was, even as her father worked there, she was unaware of. And, man, like, you give her credit for parsing this out and going, this is a story that need be told, you know, and... Yeah. There you go. I really enjoyed it because there was I was reading one um, one time that she was having a conversation with her father about um, NASA and mm-hmm. how they used humans um, to do the computations and whatnot. And then she that like pretty much inspired her to like find out or who because humans do this like what else can they do at right. NASA and stuff. And then she she checked local newspapers and um, she found out that. There were like just so many different people that were being used at NASA, and she just had to uh, write it and formulate it into a book. Yeah, and then and then this manuscript comes across an Academy Award-winning producer, Donna uh, Gigliotti, and she see she reads this and goes, "Oh my head! Like, how do we not know? Like, and when I use the word we, like I'm saying like we as a as a audience, nation, yeah. as an audience, as a world, like you know, there's a ton of history, NASA history, uh, out there. Um, and if you want to take an amazing footnote of NASA history, watch or read the book "The Right Stuff," which both are amazing, and that'll give you a great snapshot of the true NASA heroism of the time. But this is a behind-the-scenes that we've never seen. Like, you know, we've seen the right stuff. We've seen what, what ingenuity can do with movies like Apollo 13. Yes. You know, right? All film. of them are inspirational. All of them rely on courage, courage, ingenuity, and trying to get things up. But we never knew this side. And how is it hidden for such a long time? And Gigliotti was like, we develop a lot of material, but this story was so unique, you know, and it's a part of history that needed to be heard. And I know this was a movie 
that I had to make. And she struck out in search of a woman writer to take this obscured story all the way to screen and is exhilarated to find one with a remarkably matched background, Allison Schroeder, who not only studied high-level math, but interned at NASA. <laughs> so, Even more apropos. <laughs> right. And um, again, high-level math. Whenever they were doing math computations, I was like, yeah, I'm out. Uh, yeah. No, I was telling my dad because legitimately my dad is a mathematician. He teaches calculus and trigonometry uh-huh. and statistics and all that. And he needs to watch this film because he can do math equations that like are way above and beyond me. So like watching it is fascinating, but I have no idea idea what like the equations equaled out to it i completely believed it i was like yep that math yeah, sounds I had right to, yeah I had, I, to, like, sure. I, I had to buy Whatever. it so you know and, and again this is a movie that like like a beautiful mind and even to an extent uh you know even to an extent like the accountant had a lot of math and yeah. i was like going okay I, I, mm-hmm. I, i'm checked out it, it all makes sense but this was this made math beautiful it made it made being uh, a nerd in that sense it did make it beautiful. And, That's and a bunch of nerd, but like just someone who's like highly intelligent, intelligent. can understand Yes. It. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and the fact that, that they were relying on these women, you know, to come in. They relied on their work and their preciseness. Um, I, I just, like, again, it's one of those things that this movie I find is being inspirational. You know, I can't do math, but I'm just inspired by watching the triumphs uh, again of what they contributed to our society to, to to the united states as a whole and how with their help they they literally their work unbeknownst to many still helped bring a country together in a very positive way yeah so they were fantastic what i enjoyed about like that the mathematical aspect is that i didn't realize like how often it changed Mm. Um, like how fast moving that they were. Like they'd be in a meeting and then they would change the numbers and then their whole day's work was literally null and void. Um, I appreciated that because like that's why that they had a room full of all these people just computing numbers because that is how fast they were working. Yeah. Like if you're off by so many weights, you know, like pounds of weight during for a person of like mass, it changes like the whole... Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and if you change the configuration of a window, boom, yeah. number's gone. we got to go back to the drawing again. board again. And, and I found that very fascinating, but yeah. it makes so much sense. Um, and you had these people who would, like, take that and figure that out. Like, we changed, we, we, we changed the window size. Yeah, and now you got to go back to the drawing board. We to added figure this out. type of material to yes. the to the space to the, to the capsule yep. and change the weight of it. And, you know, yeah, very fast. Like you wouldn't stuff. think about that, but that's what they did. Yeah. Um, so you know, and then again, you know, uh, Theodore Melfi. Uh, you know, he he talked. I wanted he wanted the film. He goes in quotes. I wanted the film to explore the part of the story which is not documented at all, which is what it was like for three African American women to be working in segregated NASA. Okay, segregated NASA. Even as all these accomplishments were taking place, I love the double meaning of the title because so often women have only been looked at as superficial figures rather than great figures, and I like that too. And but these women were the literal hidden figures that changed the space race. 
And they were. And I'm so happy that it got brought to light. It's And again, we'll go back. It's such an inspirational uh, story about that. So the other great thing we're talking about mathematics is that this film actually had a mathematical consultant. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> right? They had a mathematical <laughs> consultant who still spun the heads of like the likes of Taraji P. Henson, who was like... She had to study this mm-hmm. so that it comes out natural. She's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all in the creative stuff, right? Yeah. Math, each one says, math is really not. No, it's true. Because thing. it's there. <laughs> Because they're two completely different sides of the brain. I mean, I'm yeah. an art major. Math goes over my head. Um, but yeah, the funny thing is, Taraji P. Henson said in an interview that she, um, the math kind of made her scared a little yeah. bit. But she, as an actor, she she was able to memorize equations, but still not exactly know what it means. Right. But she memorized it and therefore yeah. uh, added to her acting. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so... Um, we, I'm trying to think, like, with the flow of this, let, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk, let's talk about, well, we, we mentioned Taraji P. Henson. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about her for a little bit, because, uh, well, I, let's, actually, let's go to Octavia Spencer, because she was one of the earliest, her and Pharrell yeah. were the earliest people to come on board. Octavia Spencer read this manuscript and said, I, I got to do this movie. I have to be in this movie. Pharrell was brought in or wanted to do it because he lived 10 miles away from Yeah, NASA. he grew up in that area. Grew up, fascinated by it. And he bugged Gigliotti to death to be a part of this movie. What can I do? What can I do to do this? Uh, and he comes up. So the two of them were on board first, which I think is great. Um, I think that really helps, you know, because both of them are very well established in their careers. And I think it helps with a film when you already have, like, well-established people already on board. And therefore, like, the rest just kind of follow along and everything else just falls into place. Yeah. Um, That's happened so many times in other films, too, when, like, a big name has been involved and then, like, the rest just follow yeah, and 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 they and they did follow, and but what I like about it too is that they believed in the story. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to get an actor on board; it's like yeah, I read the script and everything. But they came on board, and like pre pre before this was even close to like even before they were starting to set out casting for this. Um, and Octavia Spencer's role in this, I love that each woman. I initially thought they all worked together, mm-hmm. but they don't. They each worked in different departments. Uh, one was engineering. The other one was um, um, the, mathema- the mathematics of, of the launch. And, and Octavia Spencer was more of the computation, the computing and programming. She ends up being integral to the new IBM coming in yeah. and programming all of the data. So we have three separate storylines going on, but yet they all intertwine because they're all needed. That I really appreciated about the story because for some reason, maybe through marketing, whatever, for some reason I thought they were working they together. Worked together, but yeah. I thought they were literally working together. I agree. And like I found that actually refreshing because you think, I, I think that also goes with what I said earlier. It's <clears> like <throat> if you put three females together constantly, you might get that clash, but because their storylines were so separate we hardly saw them together and mm-hmm. that's why I think they all um, there was a good balance between all these three storylines which I enjoyed um, 
But the fact that, yes, they were friends, and at the end of the day, they were still in the same place. Um, And I I love the line, like, uh, when uh, Johnson just got her her job for the first day, and they were waiting for her at the end of the day because she got longer hours. Like, next time you're taking the bus. (laughs) Next time you're taking, right. So, you know, like, they they had to wait for each other, even though they had different jobs. But the fact that, like... They got to NASA and left NASA at the same time together. You know, it just shows that they were in it all together. Yeah. Now, something else that's interesting, I want to just quickly go back to Theodore Melfi because they were trying to find a director for this, and he had come off of St. Vincent. Now, interestingly enough, and this is something, again, I did not know, uh, Theodore Melfi was up for directing Spider-Man, the the, the new Spider-Man Homecoming Uh movie. And he actually opted out of Spider-Man to do this movie. And to me, that that's amazing because, and I show good form, like he, by doing Spider-Man, uh, you're going to really put your name on the map. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to look at you and they're going to start hiring you for more of those bigger franchise kind of pictures. But I sort of appreciate the fact that he, sees this hidden figure's manuscript script and he was so in tune with the story that he says you know what this is the movie that i really want to direct and we'll never know if he was suited to do spider-man homecoming but he was certainly suited to do this movie and i'm glad that he did because he he really did tell a story that i think cinematically should be told yeah, and he did I mean, it perfectly. I think it's good that he he opted out of Spider Man because, like, no offense to the Marvel because Marvel's doing great. Sure, on but I think this this was you can definitely tell this was a passion project. This like that there is art and history in this mm-hmm. film, and I think this one I will stand alone. Whereas all the other Spider Man movies are already lost. Within how many Spider Man movies have they already yeah. made? I've already lost count, and you're not going to remember all the directors of those movies. And I think he'll his name will just get lost in the shuffle in something so Perhaps. big. But and it's I, a meal ticket. Spider Man is. is a it meal is. ticket. I'm not. Kinda, I'm not knacking Marvel yeah. whatsoever. Like, no, I understand. They're great, but I think the great thing is like he did this for like the art. And yeah, absolutely. For the story, for the story. And I think this one has just more substance for film. Yeah. To be a director, to be a part of, and I think that's good for him. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and I'm so glad that 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 he was on board. Um, and then we, um, you know, we, we had you know, we were looking at Taraji B Henson and her and her her role in this movie. Number one, as Catherine G Johnson, you know, I felt she she was the perfect she was perfectly cast. It's because she was strong, good hearted, and when push came to shove, you know she could stand up for herself. And there's one scene in particular, the scene where you know she had to go to the restroom. She oh. had to go like uh, a mile half and a half, mile. Or a half a mile. Yeah, just to go to the restroom. To go to the restroom, and she had to fight and claw her way. Every single day at work, she had, she was always in competition with all the other mathematicians trying to solve a problem and then going to the restroom. It's like, well, where is she? And they're thinking she's taking that long break. But that one scene in which it was just a rainy day and 
she got stuck and she had to take her files with her and she runs and then she comes back and she's all like wet and 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 kevin costner's character comes up to her and then she just unloads and that was one of the times that audience applauded yeah and but her performance was so amazing that i can even imagine being on set that day even kevin costner says yeah it was you know it was a very strong intense moment uh, Taraji P. Henson has said in interviews, yeah, she goes, yeah, I'm all wet. She goes, I knew exactly where I was coming from, where this was coming from. And she delivers this amazing speech that says, yeah, I have to walk over it because I can't use your bathroom. I can't use your coffee. You know, and this is a person who she was having I'm a doing bad the day. same job as all of you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. But it's it could have been so overplayed. And. I, no, I agree. It could have been so overdone, but this this performance, it was like so on the nose, it made it so believable, and you just felt for her. You didn't right. feel bad for her, and you, you just like understood where she was coming from. Right. In fact, she had to do that multiple times a day. Oh, my God. Um, the girl got some good cardio, but it was just unfortunate that, like, yes, she was in a room full of all white males doing the exact same work and doing, like, maybe like even better work than some of the men because she was checking everybody else's work too. Yeah. yeah. But like I just felt bad for her. She was doing this, this same job as everybody else and yet she was still treated poorly and unfairly in, mm-hmm. in that situation. So like I'm glad she stood up for herself yeah. in front of everybody. And again, it's one of those moments that is rare today. Like the feel good movie like this is like just so rare. And it's one of those literally you want to applaud. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 that's what really, like, this kind of cinema, uh, you know, that feel good, like, I, I, we need more of, you know, in, in, our, in, our, in our state of time. So um, I, I think that, that her performance is great. We talked a little bit about Octavia Spencer, and then I want to get into Jeanette Monet. Um, but Octavia Spencer, who we said was early on in this project. And she's a great actress in her She herself. is a great actress. She can do drama. She can do comedy. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, she can do it all. And, you know, she she'd never heard of the story before. So she thought it was historical fiction. And she had just done The Help, which is historical f- fiction. Uh, and after doing, re- you know, a little research, she was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like this is an actual story. And she needed to be part of that telling. So good for her. Um you know, and you know she knows going into the other thing about this movie itself. It's a period piece. You know, period pieces sometimes yes. have a hard time getting off the ground. As soon as you mention, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes place in a different time, uh, and she knew the challenges to that. But she felt that the st- story was strong enough that it needed to be told, and she wanted to be a part of it. And she told Gigliotti, like, I, I have to, and her performance too. Um, was was subtle in a way, but yet at the same time, she was like, she too, sort of kind of like Johnson, she's doing a supervisor's job. She, she for all intents and purposes, right, she supervised the human computer pool, the African-American the 30 pool, women right? who were doing all the work. Right, yeah. and they had lost a supervisor. She just they, took over. Yeah, and she took over, wasn't getting paid. 
uh, for the job, and she asked, but she was doing the work mm-hmm. uh, on top of doing her computing. And 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 uh, one of my favorite scenes too in this movie is going to the library. You know, like this is a person who is a go-getter. She goes to the library to find a, a, a book on how to code uh, mm-hmm. for IBM because they were going to use, I forget the particular coding, uh, you know, and again, that obstacle gets overreached in a very funny way. She's told, oh, well, you can't paid be my here. taxes. <laughs> you can't be in the white section in the library, but they don't have what I'm looking for. But it doesn't matter. And then on yeah. the bus ride home, well, I got my book anyways. Well, isn't that stealing? No, I paid taxes. It's like, it's like, I paid my great. taxes and all the taxes paid for every book in that library. For every library. book in there. And, it was, and, and again, I so didn't great steal scene. what I already owned. It's like, I mean, that, I think it's just like that delivery of that line was mm-hmm. just so on point. And it was funny. Yes, but kind of truthful in a way. And, it, like, it wasn't not to condone, you know, stealing or whatnot. But, like, she had a good mindset of, like, just do what needs to be done. Right. And she was that kind of person. And she's the mechanic as well. Mm-hmm. Like, she's fixing the car at the beginning of the movie. Again, another great scene, you know, because the movie more <laughs> or less, you know, the car's stuck at the side of the road. She's trying to get it started. I think it, cop. Yeah, I think it was great because I felt like that opening scene with the car and those three women like just set the tone for what the movie is going to be Absolutely. like. Absolutely, it's going to be humor, humor already and rapport between these three women, but Absolutely. also like the the stereotypes and the like the knee jerk reactions people are going to get from them. Right, um, like it just set the whole theme Absolutely. of the whole movie in those like five minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's a fantastic scene. Um, you know, and I want to go back to uh, uh, again when we. I, I know we're going all over the place, and we're gonna. I want to get to Janelle Monet uh, because I think she's a standout. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Too, but but this was interesting as well because um, the producer uh, Gigliotti was friends with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, Whoopi. And. Expressed her interest. Expressed. She was like, you you have to make this movie. She's like, can I be in it? And um, and Gigliotti had to say, and I don't know if this is ageism or what, but she goes, you know, I love you, but you're 61 years old and nobody in this movie is above the age of 45. (laughs) And it didn't work out. She goes... But but Whoopi Goldberg was like, you'll be my hero if you make this. It's unbelievable. And that I didn't know anything about these women, you know. So it's just funny, like, how the seeds of this movie were catching on with prominent, talented African-American women like Whoopi Goldberg. You know, yeah, she, has a, mean, she has a great career history in, in film. And um, she sees it. And you got to make this movie. I want to be in it. And it's just I can't hire you. She goes, it doesn't matter. That you, you, you have just to, make it. Just make it. It's a story that needs to be told. Um, I like, so I appreciate too. that. And I know a lot of people have mixed f- mixed emotions about Whoopi Goldberg. But, like, she knows talent. She knows creativity sure. and a good story. So, like, if she approves, then you know it's going to be a good story. Yeah, abso- absolutely. So, let's let's go into, uh, I want to talk about Janelle Monet. Um I was very surprised with this performance, like surprised in a good way because most people know her for her music career and not her acting. But, yeah. Like, I think she stood her own. And, and she's also against Taraji and Octavia, who are like great actresses and award winning on their own merit. Um, but like she had her 
her key scene. No, one of my favorite scenes when she was in the the courthouse. the courthouse and talking to the judge and like she she wasn't abrasive and she wasn't you know overpowering. She just stated clearly, calmly what she wanted and what she needed. And I was like, all right. And she said it's that character Mary John Mary Jackson she Mary plays. Jackson. Uh, that scene in particular, she just turned the tables on that judge with 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 a list of firsts. Yeah, that he was. You could be the first at doing this. And also, and like, all it was for her to go into a high school to take night classes, take but classes. it was a segregated school. Yeah. But like, I think that approach was so smart. Like, uh-huh. you did all of these things, mm-hmm. and like, no one stopped you from doing it. So, like, please, this is just something I want. Mm-hmm. I want and need to do. Don't stop me from doing it because yeah. you did. You had opportunities presented to you, sure. so this is your opportunity to set this firm up for me, and mm-hmm. I think that was very smart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't listen to that kind of pop music, but for whatever reason, Janelle Monet popped up on my radar, whether because I saw a video of her somewhere. It's like it's not like I don't listen to it, but sometimes I have my finger on the pulse, and I'll hear a song, or I'll see a video, or I'll see somebody, mm-hmm. and... I, I don't quite remember where I saw a performance of hers. It was on TV somewhere. And I was like, who, wow, who is this woman? Because, number one, she was striking to me. She had, she had an amazing look about her. She, she, was, she looked very different from every, any other performer. And she seemed very talented, good voice, but she had a charisma. There was just something about her that, again, for someone who doesn't even listen to pop, R&B music, there was just something that, that, that I gravitated to, that I was like, wow, there, there's something about this woman. Who, who is this woman? And then when I found out that she was going to be in this movie and um, the marketing featured each of the women, you know, and on billboards mm-hmm. or, or, or street posters. signs and such posters, you know, I was like, there's something, I want to see how she does in this movie. And for me... She was amazing. Like, she is a bright, new, smart talent to come into the scene as a woman, as an African-American woman. And, as you know, as a beautiful, you know, she's got beauty, she's got smarts, and she's got charisma. And to me, in Hollywood, that's like a triple threat. Yeah. And by smarts, I mean, she was quoted as saying, you know, we all bleed the same color. You know, we all believe the same color and she does it in a way much like how she talked to that judge. And she was a breath of fresh air in this movie as a newcomer and handling her own against the likes of, you know, Taraji B. Henson, Octavia Spencer. She did a great job. And she also like all of the characters, but she lent humor. She, She had her. It's not a comedy, but she lent humor that was real. You know, I laughed with mm-hmm. her uh, at what she was doing. Um, she was just fantastic as Mary as Mary Jackson. I thought I thought she was great, and you can definitely tell like the way that they established Mary at the beginning was that she has the mouth and she has the um, attitude. Definitely the attitude that can get her in trouble and. It's been implied that it has gotten her into trouble every once in a while, mm-hmm. and like I, I like they're like no, you, you have to you know keep that to yourself. So like, for her, that was a character to or a person to always look out for throughout the movie. I was like, is she going to explode on this person right now, or and like 
really speak her mind or is she gonna be subdued and and like take it in um well like what but that's i think why i liked the the courtroom was that she was calm mm-hmm. and like when i was expecting maybe a little attitude but she she took it in a very professional way yeah. and i enjoyed it and yeah i personally don't listen to um her music either like that type of genre either um nothing against her because apparently she's very talented so I saw her really just as an actor, yeah. and I went into her performances that way. And she has a great career ahead of her. She's got a magnetism. And again, I, I noticed this just from her musical performance. There's just something about it. And she was even in a Pepsi commercial, I think, for last year's Super Bowl or something. But there's just something about her that, number one, she can show off, like, the 20s kind of style fashion. And there's just something about her. I, I just, like, I looked at her and I go, who is this woman? Like, she's captivating. Like it, and, But she's captivating on film. Uh, going back to the opening scene, again, where she lends humor, she, she's like, <laughs> we're, we're three African women, three African-American women chasing a cop. There's no way I'm going to slow down. She goes, yeah. nobody would believe this as the cops giving them an escort uh, to work because they work at NASA. Yeah, I um, enjoy that. You know, and, and again, that scene, because, you know, you get the Atlanta... You know, attitude cop. vibe going, and on. then when they all showed when they showed them their NASA badges, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but the, she was she was funny. She was poignant. Uh, she could handle the drama and that scene in the courtroom, of course, by becoming an engineer. Um, and again, this is one of the aspects where this movie is inspirational. You know, set your mind to it. And she played, she played that judge in a sense with with smarts and integrity. Uh, to get to where she went. So, um, again, she rounded out this cast of of talented, of people who are already established and seeing her, and I know she's also in this Moonlight movie as well, but she, if she elects to continue on as an actress, I will love to follow her and see what other roles she takes. I think she's that good. Yeah, especially, I mean, like, and we've seen so many artists who try to, you know, blend their careers together mm-hmm. like or go past beyond just music and always into the acting and it just kind of seems tired or like they, they just try to want to build them their names and it doesn't seem like that like she actually has genuine talent for acting she has the chops yeah she oh. has like <sighs> and you, you can see musicians who are just terrible at it right and um but like i i don't think so for right. her like she has a legitimate acting career absolutely absolutely so uh another person i sort of want to talk to uh because again i i didn't know this person was in the movie okay could not in any of the marketing material I, that, that i can recall maybe was in a trailer and if it was in a trailer I, completely over my head kirsten dunst oh uh, yeah i was like kirsten dunst she grew up yeah, she grew up. She grew up, and and I liked her. I was like, okay, and she can sort of act. She did a really good job because that character could have been so hateful, like for, for mm-hmm. an audience, right? And you knew that that character was a product of the time. Yeah. And in the end, you know, she has her her epiphany, and she says, you know, she, she has her moment. She has her moment. You don't necessarily like her. You don't hate her. And again, it's a performance that could have gone into 
she could have played it so over the top and like mean and nasty that you really hated that character, but she didn't. And I was really surprised. I was surprised too. Like I, I've always liked Kirsten Dunst. I don't know why other people don't, but like I've always enjoyed her career, and I've seen like her from her Jumanji days to now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think she was great. Like because yeah, the person can really walk that fine line between you either like them or you like can be really you could like really hate them. And yeah, uh, you said product at the time. It's just that it. W- in, in fairness, there was also Paul Stafford, played by Jim Parsons, who I didn't mm-hmm. know was in this film, who, like, we had both of those viewpoints from a male and a woman about their True. their opinions towards the black Absolutely. African and women just working in that space. And so, like, I'm glad it wasn't just, like, the woman who was hating these people right. or the men just hating these people. There was a good um, equal balance of, like, it, w- it was coming from everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, all these opinions about the, the African American and the segregation and um, just the equality race that this whole movie is. So, like, I enjoyed it, and I think um, I liked how uh, and Vaughn Dorothy Vaughn um, actually showed her, like, you know, I bet you think you th- you feel like you're not, you know, racist in that way. Like, you, you believe that you're not racist. Yes. But and like I like that you believe that. Yeah, I like how you believe that. <laughs> it was like, a great line, which is so true because it made her come around at the end. Be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you are right. And she did help give her an official supervising job. Yes. So like, yes, yeah, it, she she checked herself. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Now you did mention Jim Parsons, who played Paul Stafford, and and I do think he's he's worth mentioning. Um, you know, it may come to a surprise that people who watch Anatomy of a Movie, people who know me as being a big sci-fi, science fiction person, genre person, I do not like The Big Bang Theory. You don't? Nope. Nope. I hate it, in fact. I don't like it. Um, Interesting. And, and, uh, you know, Jim Parsons' character on that show I I find to be grating. Um, Well, he's supposed supposed to be. be. I, I get it. I get it. But seeing him in this movie... Uh, I was like, "Huh, okay." He 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 in in this element. I I I liked him, and again, much like Kirsten Dunst, he, you know, he product of the time, the competition in the in the mathematics pool there, mm-hmm. and he didn't like not just a woman, an African American woman, who had to check his work. So that you know, as a mathematician, there's a there is a sense of egotism because yeah. I'm the person who's going to solve. My math the is on point. <laughs> math is on point, and again, my he numbers are not wrong. Right, he could have been a character that you just hate, 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 but he he walked that fine line, as you said earlier too, and I think he did a really good job. And in the end, too, he has his moment. With with Taraji P. Henson about like because the, there was a theme throughout the movie that she would put her name, you know, Catherine would put her her name on the memo and he'd say computers don't get their names, you know, author this thing. Yeah, computers don't give authorization. And at the end, we see that they actually are now working together. And I thought that he did, you know, I think it's I, I you know I have to say because I'm not a fan of the Big Bang Theory or that character. But I have to give credit where credit is due uh, that I think he did a really good job uh, in this movie. And I was actually, 
I felt good about him. I was like, well, good. I'm glad you can act. And you're above and beyond. And, and I get Big Bang Theories. That, that, that's your meal ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but it was good to see him out of that element to an extent. I mean, he's still a mathematician. But he, he was, I thought he was really good. Um, yeah, and Jim Parsons says he even had a <coughs> difficult time with this particular role because this person is on the wrong side of history. And mm-hmm. but like he he accepted it and um, like he, and he was really excited because um, uh, he actually worked with Ted Melfi um, earlier um, on commercials and stuff. So and Ted was the one who introduced the script to him and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, definitely count me in. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it was a good turn by him. Now, yeah. you know, again, can't not talk about Kevin Costner. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Costner is, you know, bona fide. Like, this was a man in the 80s going into the 90s. It was $100 million man. Most every movie that he touched back in the day, whether it be a Bull Durham, whether it be The Bodyguard, whether Rabbit it be King. Robin Hood, you know, that this guy was a moneymaker in Hollywood. Um, you know, Dances with Wolves, people will argue about the, getting an Oscar, but, you know, he's a director as well. In this movie, okay, we talked about him. I believe we were together when we did McFarland, USA, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which a very and underappreciated, right? Yeah. But I, McFarland, USA, was a very underappreciated sports movie about Day. this high school running, and he was fantastic in it. This to me is a was a fantastic performance. I'm like, why? They, they, it's almost like they're hiding Kevin Costner <laughs> to me. I knew he was in the trailer. But he's not like I. And again, it's a performance that was so good. Um, and again, he has his moment mm-hmm. after after Catherine like blows explodes on him. There's that great moment when he walks all the way over with the mallet to knock down the colored bathroom sign. Again, another scene in which a lot of applause in my theater. But he was so good. Now, I know his character. Is a comp is a composite composite of other. His character was fictionalized. His character was written for the movie. Yeah. Um, but he was so good in it that it and what he lent, like there was true. There was true. Like he didn't care about color. It's like I just need this job to be done. Can you do the job? And he didn't care about women, or like no, he like he didn't, he didn't care about female, it, right, if gender. it was a male, right, or a woman. And the scene where he gets her into the meeting, because sir, I need to be in that meeting because you keep on changing, and if I don't know when you know, like I can't do the math. I can't do the if math. You're changing it. And oh, another great scene is uh, because she wasn't she wasn't cleared for things, so she would get certain equations, but they would be redacted. Like yeah. with 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 sharpies, and she's like, "How can I do this? How can I figure out an equation?" Well, you're not classified. Yeah, it's classified. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a different level, a grade, security grade. And then she looks up at the light. He's <laughs> like, "By the way, how did you figure that out?" She goes, "I just put it up into the light." Just put it. Yep, goes, there it is. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I <laughs> love that great scene. It's a great moment. It's, it's, great... it's like so simple. You're like, yeah, you should have thought about that. Um, yeah, I did. I really did like this performance. I, I don't think it was outside of Kevin Costner's real house because, you know, he's capable of being in this type of leadership role. Um, I, I completely, completely believed him. I thought he was great because there were like just 
uh, peppered moments throughout the whole movie that like just made me like his character for who he was. Yeah. Um, the you know not really judging. He just wanted to get the job done. Like so that I appreciated. Um, the the moment when uh, he's like, no, give her clearance so she can actually do the work. And um, the I think one of the best moments it was near the end of the film after she just did all the math for the the launch for Glenn. John Glenn, um, right. and then the door was literally slammed in her face, and he comes back out <coughs> and gives her proper clearance to get into the room. I was like, "Come in, yeah, all right." That that's he's a good guy, yeah, uh, because like she did do the work, and it oh. is because of her the reason why they were able to do the launch, and the, like that's the least he could do is just get her into the room, get her into the room, particularly because preceding that scene was the scene where he had to let her go. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that from a personal level, that character, albeit that character didn't exist, but the way that Costner portrayed that character, there was a sense of loss, but not just on a professional level, but a personal level. He liked, that that character liked Katherine Johnson, not for her brains, but she stood up for herself and he appreciated that. And that was a hard scene. That was a sad scene, you know, a tough scene. To say I gotta let you go, he goes. But I'm gonna. I gotta work to like. I need you. Like he knew that he needed her in some capacity. To stick around. To stick around. So the scene where you know John Glenn calls her out because she has that amazing conversation. Now this Glenn Powell is another guy who plays John Glenn. When you talk about charisma, like this is John Glenn and. You know, he listened to Catherine in her computations, and he, too, is, like, wowed, and he respects her. And this is the other thing, too. These women earn the respect, Mm -hmm. not because of gender or color. They earn the respect because of the way that they carried themselves and and their smarts. When it came to go time, where John Glenn is actually in space, he's like, you know what? I need Catherine's. Forget about the IBM. I need you gotta I need the smart in. one. I need the smart one. I yeah. need the smart one. Get her on it. And they had to call her because she was back in the, the, the computing pool. But it's a great scene. And as Glenn Powell, as John Glenn, was really, was really solid as well. Um, I liked him. Yeah. And for like the small amount of time for such a pivotal character he was, um, yeah. it made me believe you know, John Glenn. And like I think it was just interesting timing. I mean, unfortunately, John Glenn just passed away. But like... I, I think it was good timing that, <clears throat> you know, both of those, it just happened to coincide with his death in this movie. And I think it was just very interesting to see, like, what actually happened with the launch. A lot of people, again, it opened up the uh, the audience's eyes for people don't realize everything that mm-hmm. went on during the launch. Like, the fact that they literally did more calculations literally before the launch, like, minutes before the launch. Right. Um I appreciated that, and like, and just it just showed John Glenn and like how likable he is, right? For also giving the same opportunity to a woman doing this, um, doing the work, right? And, and, and again, there's no uh, judgment. No, no judgment at all. And again, what's very interesting and fascinating, if you watch the movie The Right Stuff, which has Chuck Yeager, John Glenn, Gus Grissom, who's mentioned in this movie, um, uh, Buzz Aldrin, like. These these were the people that history focused on, you know, and um, 
and again, The Right Stuff is a wonderful movie about American courage and heroism, yet we never knew this other side of The Right Stuff. So when you see a person who's in The Right Stuff, like a John Glenn, who's actually relying on this woman, like I found that to be, it's almost like Hidden Figures is a footnote, is this wonderful footnote to The Right Stuff, because as courageous as these, these pilots were, to do what they were going to do. There was this whole other side. Like, yes, we knew that NASA existed. We, we knew that they had that ground control team, <clears throat> but, but that these women were so integral that John Glenn himself says, I want the smart one. To me, it just ties in, like, like the, 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 the continuity, it just ties in, like, just wonderfully into what we already know about NASA uh, and about those great space explorations in the early years, that, that space race. So I found it to be a wonderful, I find this movie to be a wonderful companion piece, mm -hmm. because this is a side that we never saw, even in those great movies. It's never brought up that they had to rely on these things, uh, yeah. on these women. So, And no one really thinks great. about like the mathematics and the science that goes into launching someone into space, right? just so they can orbit around the Earth. A few times, and yeah. like, yeah, they had the, they had the exact mathematics, they had the exact type of landing, um, give it a few miles, you know, um, give or take, um, like, and the, I mean, I never realized it, but that I really enjoyed the scene where Paul Stafford was explaining, like, we have to go into an elliptical orbit, into a parabolic orbit, right, and the different types of masks that go into that, and like how they actually have to execute it, and it mm -hmm. has to be like right on point, yeah, or the whole thing just. You know, disintegrates. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was interesting. No one thinks about Same that. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit too about about the production. I want to I want to talk about cinematography because um, we always talk cinematography. I love talking cinematography. Um, it, it 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 gives direction. It's it's how the film looks, looks. and feels. And and here in this movie, being that we are talking about a movie about women uh, inspiring and such. This woman, uh, the, the, or actually the cinematographer, director of photography, was a woman, Mandy Walker. Mandy Walker. Now, there aren't that many. There aren't that 3%. many female cinematographers. 3%. Yeah. And, and here, you know, and, and Melfi says, I want to go with her. And, man, the look of the film uh, does actually capture something that's unexpected and incredible beauty of these women's and their houses and their lives. And I think Mandy captured the time period perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, I think this movie uh, looked amazing up on the big screen because, you know, we do have to have the home life. We have to have the work life. What, what, is, what is mission control going to look like? What's this mathematician's room, you know? And if you notice, too, there was, a, there was clearly a different color palette oh, in yeah. the computing room. Stark contrast. As, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that she did this wonderful job. And the way that it was lit, and it was, it was, it was um, filmed on film they yeah 35 film. millimeter and i found that to be refreshing um you know i don't know whether you know why aren't there more 
female cinematographers. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But she did a fantastic Why aren't job. Are just more females working behind the scenes? And like, I mean, like I get it. Again, it's in an industry that's mostly dominated by males. Yeah. And I think it's very fitting that thirty five percent of the production crew on this film were females. Yeah. Telling a female story, and I really enjoyed that. Um, yep. Yeah, she also used film because she said uh, it had the look. Because it is a period piece, yep. that film can actually show the, the rich colors and the yep. textures and the grain and that it did back mm-hmm. then um, properly compared yep. to what digital can. Yeah. So like, she, she really wanted to get the look yeah, back then. Yeah, and she actually shot on Panavision anamorphic lenses, mm-hmm. and they used old, uh, old Kodak stock. Um, to do that so you know and then of course you know there's things like um, outside of that you know we had production designer Wynn Thomas and the costume designer Renee Kalfas also put it in but you know Thomas says there was an incredible exchange of ideas in the look of the movie we spent a whole time of looking at and this is the other thing inspirational photographs and talking about composition and when you're shooting on film, you need a lot more light. And so we really work closely to provide light to support Mandy's wonderful photography. So again, we always talk about the collaborative effort. And here's a fine example where the production designer is talking about, yeah, we're trying to give as much light so that our cinematographer can work and get what she needs. And mm-hmm. this is what we want to do. And, you know, so it, it, it was, it, it, and I also appreciate that the not necessarily trying to recreate NASA precise, but they're trying to create the spirit of NASA at the time. And I think the spirit of NASA, I think the spirit of that time really oozes out in this film. And maybe that's another thing that struck a chord with me was coming out feeling good because, yeah, it was so... That's what you get from NASA. You felt that way. Um, The interesting thing that I read about Mandy Walker, um, two different things. That the the stark contrast between like the the women's homes when you know they mm-hmm. weren't working like they they were rich in color and like a brownish yeah. and um, but like bright color tones and compared to NASA which was like all white and stark white yeah. and um, more modern day yeah. because like NASA was with the whole IBMs like they were on the cusp of like new technology sure. so they were like uh, f- type of feature yep. futuristic yep. looking. And also that she said just the perspective of the, of the camera changed of the film. At the beginning, they would film the black African-American women like at a higher angle. Therefore, they're always looking up towards the men when they're speaking in dialogue scenes. Mm-hmm. But throughout the film, it slowly changes and it gets more to eye level mm-hmm. that the women are on the same level as the, as the men now compared to where they were at the beginning. And it's a subtle change, but like you wouldn't really think it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's what I appreciated. Just like it shows again the equality that they they eventually reach Achieve. at the end mm-hmm. um, of the film. Yeah, yeah. And the movie was shot in Atlanta, um, and they used this Morehouse College as the exterior of NASA's facilities. And um, you know, NASA had been designed to function like a college campus. So the film workers got a kick out of using one of the nation's oldest black universities to stand in its stead. 
And they said building featured in the films included the rounded, there's a Frederick Douglass Hall that's in there, and that circular building dominates the campus, so they use that as the exterior of the space task group. The real space task group was not a circular environment, but it makes the space so visually interesting. So, you know, again, I like the changes that they used because it was used for efficiency in filming, and it gets, you can see everybody. So I, I totally get that, and I think that from a production design level, you know, whether it's the cars that people are driving or the households that they're living in, I thought that, that I felt that I was in that time period and I felt what that time period uh, put out there because there was, there's lots going on, but when it came to NASA and the space race, there was this, come on, there was like, go America. Yeah. It was a brighter color. So. Um, yeah, to add to that, when Thomas, you know, the production designer said that the interior sets were all practical mm-hmm. as well, then that means like the, the, the brick buildings, the interior pieces, um, the ladders and desks yeah. in which they stood on, they were all practical. Like they were literally standing on those ladders doing the chalkboard um, equations and stuff like that. So it was, a, it was a working set. Yeah, which is fantastic. And then you had the costumes, Renee Kalfus, uh, immersed herself into Southern fashions of the early 60s. Um, and then you had, she had to costume these, these three characters, so each one looks different. And you mm-hmm. can tell that Taraji P. Henson Johnson is more the, she's more the matriarch of the group. Like, you know, she has the kids, they all have, like, families, but she yeah. definitely stands out as matriarch. And even when you look at this picture, you look at the colors that they're wearing, I found that that was very interesting and you know, we uh, Calphus goes on and she says we used a real mix of things, handmaking some outfits, but also seeking out vintage pieces. I started uh, uh, just by looking at tons of clothing catalogs from that time, and we got our hands on several Sears and Ward's catalogs, as well as other from the period. And that was a great education. And I think that's hysterical that you would go back to old Sears catalogs, you know, well, uh, yeah. for that. But everybody's, you know, the the costuming was um I, I thought really uh and again everything fit the period nothing nothing stood out like nothing everything see everything fit to where it needed to be and i thought they did a fantastic job i like i noticed the the wardrobe <coughs> as well and i thought they were gorgeous for especially the 60s i always noticed when johnson uh when tragedy p henson johnson uh when she was standing amongst all those guys in white shirts and black ties she was always in a different color right and she was in a green dress or a blue dress she literally always stood out among the men and um i really enjoy that and even the costume designer uh, purposely chose that for her yeah. color palette and uh that they, they all all the women back then they had to wear girdles yeah and <laughs> so. she totally she totally stuck out in the the the, the space task force room mm-hmm. as opposed to everybody else and the one woman who i believe was like the secretary uh, there, but she she really stood out. Um, so and and again, it just goes back to collaboration. So when your director of photography is working with production designer, and then they're working with the costume designer and the director to get this vision, I think they succeeded. Um, you know, there is there is one um, there is one person that we didn't talk about. I, I have to jump back to acting, um, and that's the. Marshala Ali, who played Colonel Jim Johnson, who's the romantic interest oh. for, for Johnson's character. 
you know, he's a guy. This is the guy from House of Cards. If you watched House of Cards, no. uh, he's also in this 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 Moonlight movie. It's getting a lot of word, but this guy is being seen in a lot of movies. And there is a great scene when he first meets Johnson, and he underestimates her. Oh, you know what? Like, like I think he did a good job. Yeah. Um, I th- and I think it was just like the way he was portrayed. He just rubbed me the wrong way. Sure. I think it was because of his first interaction. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm glad that Johnson like stood up to him and like actually put him in his place. I was like, yeah, you go, woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that just made <laughs> me dislike really the the guy because I was like, okay, his visions are that low. So you didn't you didn't warm up to him after he mm, apologized. Not, and- yeah, not. Fully, because really? like I knew what he was capable of. Like he, huh. he had those snap judgments, and he made assumptions about her. I'm like, no, 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 no. And like, and the fact that she was like so easy to forgive, I'm like, mm. interesting. See, I, yeah. I thought I like, didn't think that she was. And then like, so eventually easy to forgive he warmed because, like, up he because he apologized. The, she goes, yeah. You haven't apologized yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that was also <laughs> the thing. I was waiting for that, and he didn't like clearly apologize. And I'm like. You know yeah, what, dude? I really no, like I that like if, if that happened to me, I would have checked him out and been next. So, like, I, I have a good for her that they got engaged and she yeah. got over it. And but, I like, like that scene. it just, for me personally, it just bothered me that, like, he was a guy who made the snap judgments and assumptions right. about her. Sure. So wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad she put him in his place. Yeah. But, like, absolutely. Af- after that, I just, like, every time I saw him, I was like, no, done. Yeah. She learned him well. And, and yeah, it was I just a checked great, out. Scene, but, I, but, but I really liked, I really liked how that 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 romance uh, like evolved, and and I like the proposal scene at the dinner table, and I like the fact that he says, "I know." Call that a proposal? You, you, yeah. Well, what was it? I mean, it was a proposal scene. He yeah, did it in the family. He said, "You know, I have to marry your children as well," and the, the kids seemed to be on board. It was cute. It was cute. I was just checked out with him. I got gotcha. you. I heard it. Interesting. Me. Was anybody else? I want to know. Is anybody else checked out with him too? So, um, but 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 he's a guy that we're starting to see more and more uh, in movies. Uh, so uh, you know, I and I think that I, I like him as an actor. I think that he's uh, really good. So, um, what else? What else? Uh, what else? Uh, do we need to talk a little bit Box maybe about, about? Well, do we want to talk a little bit about about movie uh, about music? Oh yes, um, you know because Pharrell, um, he, he he composed and 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 wrote two songs. He did for for the movie, and and he also running worked with, and I see uh, victory. Yeah. And he worked with Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Who, this didn't seem the typical Hans Zimmer score. I know it's more thankful. Pharrell than Hans Zimmer. Yeah, honestly, did you? <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah. Like I personally don't really like Pharrell his yeah. his music, but like I think that it worked well for the. Th- for the feel of the movie, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I thought the yeah, um, I, I thought that the I thought that the music was, was suited the movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't overpower the movie. Uh, I thought that it suited it really well. I um, thought we heard running a, f- a few times. Every time she went to the yeah. bathroom, which was a lot. Yeah, they were always playing running. I was like, okay, I get it. She's running. Yeah, she's she's running. literally running to the bathroom, um, <laughs> over and over and over again. Right. It was like, I got it after the first time. No. Like, you didn't need to play it five times. No. So. I hear you. Um, so, all right. So then, yeah, we, we, we could talk about box office. But, you know, I want to talk about it, too, because it's in relation to box office. So the, the budget of this movie is estimated around $25 million, which is actually 
lower That's than low. I anticipated. Yeah. Um, so, and we're looking at as of, uh, well, as of yesterday, um, the movie's brought in 34 plus million dollars. And the movie opened up, uh, the movie opened up in limited release on Christmas Day, December 25th. Uh, and then it went wide on January 6th. So, my thing is about this movie, uh, which was distributed by Fox. Mm-hmm. I where, like, this movie. Why se- limited? Well, yeah, I I just this movie seems to dis you know in spite of whatever little t- marketing. Why are more people not talking about this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that they are because it did the it was the dark horse. It, it it in its opening weekend, it actually beat Rogue 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 One, which was in its fourth week. Granted, but Rogue One was having a run at the tables, okay. and this movie, Hidden Figures, which sort of like seemed to come out of like nowhere. I mean, there was marketing done, and it ended up beating Rogue One, but. From, we're not hearing about this, uh, Golden Globes, awards. I mean, we're we're in the thick of awards and such, and I'm like, this movie's getting nominations already, but not, but it's not being discussed as a serious like type of contender. Where I'm feeling like Kevin Costner for supporting, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Octavia Spencer. I mean, I think. What Taraji? Taraji Taraji needs more recognition for this. I I think the movie needs more recognition outside of being number one at the box office. Like the word of mouth, I don't know. I mean, why did you release it on Christmas Day limited? Because I don't think anybody knew that it had come out. Yeah, I think the problem is like it might just be our opinions because we are in Hollywood and we're surrounded by movies. I feel like. The movies that want to get more recognition f- during award seasons start limited and then get released wide. And I feel like that was kind of the, the approach that they were going for, that they'll start limited, maybe get that good word of mouth out there, and then go wide. La La Land. There's so many movies do that. La La Land, Lion, especially this award season. I, I feel get like it. They're trying to but be exclusive and then... That and that's what makes them special. I, I, I get that. I you know I understand that. But I knew when La La Land was coming out. I had heard about La La Land. I had heard about Manchester by the Sea. Okay, and this movie had been screened. And I'm trying to figure out. Do you think what it is the hell like? Do you think it is because it features three prominent women that are black, African American? I, I would. I'd hope I would not. hope not. I'd like, hope not. I would hope but not. Like, but why? You have to think about that. Maybe, like, maybe that is a turnoff for some but, people. Maybe that, like, is not getting the recognition that it should. Because let's, you know, the the um, total budget of the movie, you know, including hard drives, advertising, we're going to estimate mm-hmm. it about fifty to sixty million, right? So, in Rotten Tomatoes, it's a ninety-three percent, which is a pretty damn high, That's high. high mark. Now. But the other thing, though, is that the cinema score is a very rare and extremely rare A+. a plus. Okay. Audiences are loving this movie. I want to know why the hell, prior to it being released limited, Fox had to know what they had. Why, why was I not aware of this movie as I would be aware of a La La Land or Manchester by the Sea? Like, at mm. least... 
Sort of, kind of. Maybe the promotion as well. It's like, I only saw a trailer for this film. I saw a trailer, and I saw some billboards, and I saw the bus shelters, and I saw, like, the... uh, like street construction, like the right. like the like the outdoor, but that was it. But I'm not. But I wasn't seeing things like on TV about this is like one the of the best. most feel good movies of the year. Like the advertising yeah. on this movie, it's like why were you hiding hidden. it? Fi- why was it, was it hidden? Hidden, hidden figures was hidden. Because again, I don't think a movie like this should be hidden. I know now it's 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 made its due because it opened up at number one, and everybody's loving this movie, and it's getting fantastic word of mouth. But it shouldn't have been such. But but it should have relied on a little bit more. Outside of, I mean, it's a great movie. So Fox, what the hell? Like, why were you sort of kind of hiding this movie from the general public? Like, to me, this movie is unique because we don't have anything else out there like it when you look at movies like manchester by the sea and even fences which we're going to talk a little about a little later today you know and even to an extent la la land i know la la land's a musical it's beautiful it's vibrant it pops but as we said the couple doesn't end up together you know but i feel like this movie could be in contention for best Best picture Picture. i I agree and it should be and why shouldn't it be like what happened to the feel my question is what happened to the feel-good movie like, we don't have it. Like, this whole year yeah. has been rot. Again, yes, I get it. Superhero movies, big-budgeted yeah. franchise movies, you know. But every time that we try, like... And, and I understand the gravitation towards La La Land because, A, it is original and it, and it looks beautiful It's on a screen, visual spectacle correct. rather than... If you're going for a story, you're not going to get but, it. But, you know, right here we have an amazing story that hasn't been told. It's a true story. You know, I, I think that it should, at the very least, get an adapted screenplay nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, and there should be some actor nominations in there and it should be like if you're going to be doing 10 if you're going to be doing 10 nominations in the academy award this deserves to be nominated for best picture um because i really do believe that it is and i think it's a picture that if just for me i needed it or i'm going to be selfish i can't speak for the entire country but i needed it i needed to walk out of a movie at some point it feel good. It's been so depressing this year. Yeah. I want to stop being depressed, and this movie helped. <laughs> I, I hear you. I mean, and I, th- I feel like this movie is slowly getting uh, some recognition. I mean, it's already received two SAG nominations this year for Best Ensemble, and uh, Octavia Spencer for a supporting role, as well as two Golden Globe noms, and um, and the, also the original score by Hans Zimmer, Pharrell Williams, and Benjamin Mulfish. Yeah. So, like, it's getting recognition in different places. It should get recognition for Best Picture, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think slowly, as people, maybe they are expecting the good word of mouth. And, you, you know, that can actually work for a film. So, And we still have a good amount of time until Oscar season, yeah. Oscars come about. So we have a full month and a half for people to watch this film and then realize, yeah, this could definitely get... Yeah, I get it. Picture. I just wanted more... I wanted more talk, like, when you're seeing something like the Golden Globes on that stage, whether I agree or whether I like the Golden Globes. But, like, you know, you already knew going in, like, you know, you knew La La Land, Moonlight, you knew Manchester by the Sea. I, I think this got nominated for something, and I believe one of the actresses got nominated, perhaps. But I wanted more talk around Spencer. This, uh, Octavia Spencer. I wanted more talk surrounding this movie. Like, I wanted this to be highlighted more. Well, we're talking about it in, in, in award season. No, we are. But, it, you know, and we'll, we'll do our part. I just believe that it's a movie 
that 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 deserves it because again everything's earned in this movie that there's nothing that what i hate the most is these types of movies that are manipulative like mm. it didn't manipulate my emotions it earned every single emotion good emotion that i had and i think that's rare in a lot of movies today unless it's a heavy drama in one way shape or form and i've just had my fill with heavy um, fantastic movies, but just heavy. So I don't know. We had some live people up here. I don't know if they're still on the board and if they're still watching and listening. I don't know what they have to say, but um, if they are, uh, we can give a shout out to them and see maybe what they might have to say for any comments. Um, but we could also start wrapping up while we're looking for any comments. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, everyone. thank you for tuning in. Oh, well, I can see live chat. What do we have? What do we have? Can you blow that up more? There we go. So, um, you were doing a good job. Oh, oh, whoever. Edison, is that the name? Edison Chamberlain? Yeah, yeah well, well, thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, so, yeah, we have a couple of, uh, hey guys, uh, from, from, from Jack. Thank you very much for uh, reaching out. Um, what's your name of the movie? It, well, it's, it's Hidden Figures. <laughs> Not hidden fences, hidden figures. It's hidden figures. Um, so, well, we want to know what you think, and we always open up to conversation uh, because that's the best part about movies is the conversation that happens afterwards. Um, Do you guys think this movie should yeah. be best on, best picture nomination? Absolutely. Were, yeah. were you as affected as I was, as we were? Did you think that it was? Uh, did you, did you, did you really think it was film. a good movie? Right. I really did. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I thought that this movie works from beginning to end. Uh, I came out feeling number one. I'm, I'm glad that I learned about this story. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I would tell people if you haven't seen the movie The Right Stuff, watch it or read the book, but watch the movie. Uh, fantastic movie and then this is a wonderful companion piece to that movie and i it think is. it's inspirational yeah and i'll just leave you with a couple tidbits yeah uh, now 98 Please. years old johnson in, in 2015 <laughs> received the presidential medal of freedom and dorothy vaughn mastered the computer programming and helped the agency transition from human ibm computers which we knew but she became the first black female engineer and leader in research on the supersonic flight Oof. Like, so, yeah, women can be rocket scientists, so, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it. I'm absolutely. For it. Well, yeah, it, it, me too. I'm all for it. I'm all for this movie. Uh, like I said, it became my number one movie of 2016. Even though I started in 2017, it was released in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, I think more should be being said about this and that it should get more recognition. Uh, I hope you folks think so, too. I uh, want to thank you again for tuning in. We're going to wrap up this show. Uh, we've got plenty more. We're going to have so much to discuss this year. Um, more Academy you know, films coming out. More Academy um, movies that are going wide. We'll have movies like Fences. We'll have movies like Patriot's Day. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we have a well, lot more movies. We have a whole year ahead of us to talk movies with you folks. And wanted to say thank you again for tuning in. Happy New Year. Hope your 2017 is great. We'll see you at the movies. Thanks, Marissa. It's such Thanks, a pleasure Dimitri. coming back. I hope you yeah. feel better. I hope uh, you feel better. Yeah, you and me both, kid. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both there, but we're here. Yeah, we're, we're here, but it's great to see you again. Yeah. Uh, and great to be by your side. It's <laughs> always a pleasure. It truly is. Uh, and it's great to be by your side, folks. Thank you very much for watching. Bye-bye.
from producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff. We would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.